nobody could touch me, nobody could, you know, mess with me, nobody could make fun of me. Um, in that room, even though we're all different ages and different colors and different sizes, in that room, in those 90 minutes, we're all equal. Hey, yogis. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dharma Talk. I'm your host, Henry Winslow, and this is episode number 37 with Carolina Villalba, a.k.a. Caroloca. I'm very excited to share with you this episode. Carolina is a friend of mine from Miami, and the name of the episode is Yoga Looks Like This. Not because you need to have short pink hair, ripped abs, and a puffy Miami Dolphins jacket to practice yoga, but because you can look like anything. And that is such an important message that Carolina is putting out there into the world in all sorts of different ways that we talk about in this conversation. Carolina is both a yoga studio owner and a rapper. And even though at one point in her life, she felt like the music and yoga were kind of at odds, now she realizes that they both serve a common mission. And we talk about that too. So in this conversation, you will hear from Carolina on two difficult but transformative feelings that she recognized for the very first time in her life when she tried yoga as an angsty and over-medicated teenager. We'll talk about what teaching yoga and rapping in a sometimes lewd and crude band have in common, and we talk about opening a yoga studio in a mechanics lot, sharing yoga with amputees and gender nonconformers, and breaking the archetype of what yoga quote-unquote looks like. Quick heads up, there will be no new episode of Dharma Talk next Thursday because it's a holiday. It's Thanksgiving. So enjoy that time with your families. Don't listen to podcasts or catch up on old ones if you want. The next episode will air on the following Thursday, November 29th. Okay, now stick around through these short announcements and we'll dive right into this interview with Carolina Villalba Caroloca. Yogis, I have a few more travel dates coming up for the rest of 2018, and I'd love to see you at some of these workshops if you are in the area. This weekend, November 16th through 18th, I'll be at the Yoga Dojo in Richmond, Virginia. The following weekend, I will still be in Richmond at Hot Yoga Richmond, November 24th and 25th. And finally, I will be in Costa Mesa, California, that's Orange County, at Yoga Works on December 9th. So details for all of those events are at henrywins.com slash events. Please go there and sign up. At Lighthouse Yoga School in Brooklyn, New York, we are currently enrolling our next 200-hour teacher training for January 2019. So yoga teachers looking to level up your teaching, aspiring yoga teachers who want to do your first training, or yoga students who just want to take their practice a little bit deeper. You can get more information about that also at henrywins.com slash events. And if you apply now using my referral code, henrywins, you'll save $100 on your tuition. There's no fee to apply, so go ahead, put your application in, drop the referral code, and lock in $100 off. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. 
Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your Dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I've got Carolina Villalba on the line. Carolina is a yoga teacher, student, hey, what's up, guys? and rapper. <laughs> to Carolina, being <laughs> in the yoga industry looks and feels like a lot of different things. Born and mostly raised in Miami, she has come a long way from an eager yoga student to an active member of the wellness and awareness community. Carolina, I'm pumped to have you on. Um, you know, you just bring this fireball energy wherever you go. And I know that today is going to be no different. How's it going? Yeah, everything's great. Great day to be alive and be able to do yoga. Really totally. happy to be there today. And yoga comes in all shapes and forms. I know you got your practice in, your physical practice already. Um, hopefully, we can approach this interview as another way to to share the yoga too. Of course, yeah, definitely. That's definitely the goal. So we always start these conversations the same way. I ask the same first question to all my guests. So I'm not going to skip that for you. What does the word dharma <laughs> mean to you, and what is your dharma as you understand it today? Um, well, I know the word dharma kind of goes a little long way depending on um, where you're getting your, your info from sometimes. But from my understanding of dharma, it's kind of like what I live by and what I live for and why I'm here. And, um, you know, my, my, uh, the reason why I'm here and what I'm carrying with myself and carrying with people as I'm alive in this world. Um, so I think a lot of people can agree with me out there. Uh, they relate with that, their dharma. And for a long time, I thought my dharma was to to be here and teach yoga. Um, but I think as I evolved with the yoga practice, as I got older, um, because I started doing yoga when I was really young, when I was 15, I think my dharma changed into being like, okay, I think my dharma is more like using yoga as a tool to connect people and to relate to people and to create communities with the yoga, um, whether it's in a physical way of asanas or in a meditative way of the asanas. Or even just talking about the yoga or the physical, you know, active way that people can use sometimes as a workout. But um, yeah, I think that's that's uh, and that last year, I think that's my dharma has been to just use yoga as a tool to create communities and connections with other people. That's cool. You know, I think there's if you look at it at the surface level, you know, you could say that pretty much everybody who comes on this show, you know, their dharma, or at least the way that they're playing out their dharma is they're teaching yoga. I bring a lot of yoga teachers on this podcast. But if you can take a step deeper in and ask that question, why am I doing it? Then that's where you really get to see what's motivating you. And I, and I like that you've asked that question of yourself. And yeah, it, it takes a while, you know, at the beginning, you're just you're going through the motions to kind of figure that out. But now you really see what the yoga means to you and what it's done for your students and the communities that you yourself are a part of. So that's super cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for explaining that. Um, you said that you I'll started yoga. <laughs> yeah, you said you started yoga when you were 15. That's pretty young, um, you know, especially for someone who grew up in Miami. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did that happen? How did you get introduced to the yoga practice? Well, um, you know, we're here. So when I was very young, uh, I, was, I think I was 13, I was diagnosed with a um, manic depressive anxiety. I think they both kind of went along together. <laughs> one helped the other one out. And I'm also ADHD and dyslexic. So 
there's a lot of things kind of thrown into a pot. Um, my parents are Hispanic, so, you know, when I, I, I traveled a lot when I was younger in South America, um, the Caribbean and whatnot. And then when I was 13, I can't, finally came back to the state to finish um, school, you know, middle school and whatnot. Um, and, you know, this, this is such a long way through puberty. And I think uh, I had these lash outs and, you know, a lot of episodes, extreme mood swings and whatnot as a teenager. So my mom, you know, had to look for help somehow. And, uh, you know, they advised a lot of medicine. I was in a lot of medicine at the time. Um, I think at, at one point I was in Paxil, Respital, Zoloft, and like two other things at the same time. Um, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable in my body. It was really hard for me to do anything. And I felt like I was a wallflower most of the time. So it was hard for me to communicate with kids my age, um, even though I'm really active. And, um, I am a fireball. I know that about myself. And, you know, the, the, the medicine that you me to calm the ADHD down was, you know, giving me anxiety and the, the antidepressive medicine and the mood control medicine was just all kind of clashing together. And I think at the time, um, early 2000s, it was a very popular thing to, you know, medicate young kids. Um, you know, as a single mom, my mom didn't have any options, but to just seek the, the fast way out. Um, then when I was around 15, uh, we had a kind of family issue, and uh, my dad came into the picture to take care of me. My dad's an engineer, and he so he kind of travels a lot. So I was kind of emancipated in a way. Um, you know, I he kind of took care of me financially, but I kind of lived alone and had to do my own things and take myself to school. And, you know, not, not in a bad way. It was really easy. You know, I live in America. You know, I had uh, the school bus and whatnot. Um, but because of the issues that my family, I kind of got really into drugs and, and bad paths of things. Um, and then one day, my dad was kind of fed up with all the medicine, making me upset. And mostly the, the price of the medicine, how much we were spending monthly on, on pills and doctors and all this stuff. And he was just like, there has to be another way out. Um, my dad's a very holistic kind of dude. <laughs> and he's always tried, you know, weird things of curing things that didn't involve doctors or pills or any of that stuff. So he took me to a chiropractor because one of his friends went to a chiropractor and kind of helped him a lot. Uh, I think my dad was just trying to grasp into anything that I could get help with. Um, this chiropractor was really old school. I remember he kind of looked like uh, Neil Diamond. <laughs> he was really funny. And um, <laughs> the first time he suggested me, he took a couple of, you know, x-rays and he told my dad, look, you know, honestly, she's, it sounds like she's going through puberty. But I can tell you that her spine's a little messed up and her y-axis is kind of digging into her root glands in the back of her head, you know, kind of where we keep everything here in her brain. So he was like, you know, I think that a couple of dozens might help her out, relieve some stress and anxiety she has in her body from all the medicine she's been taking. Um, but I highly recommend her to do some type of exercise. At the time, exercise was completely out of the question because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm five, six now, but at the time I was, I was like five, four, you know, I'm, I'm pretty brown. Um, I've had tattoos since I was 13 years old. So I had a couple of tattoos in my body already. I'm queer. So I looked very gay at the time, even more so than I think I do now. I had like purple hair and I used to wear in spikes and, and, you know, crazy belts and I was super into punk rock. So the thought of like doing team sports or team anything with other teenagers my age was completely out of the question. You know, I was definitely tired of getting picked on and called names. And I think the reason I had tattoos and I looked a certain way since I was so young was because that, that was my protection. That was my armor. You know, um, if I look like a badass and if I look a little scary, all these kids are going to stop picking on me and stop messing with me, which eventually they did. Um, so, you know, doing team sports completely out of the question. So, you know, he was like, well, what about something like Pilates or like, you know, like um, yoga? The word kind of yoga was ringing in my head for a little bit. Um, and at the time, one of my ex-girlfriends was working the desk uh, as a volunteer at a Bikram yoga studio in the area uh, where I lived. 
So I don't know, it was random one day I was walking. We we're still talking even though we broke up and I kind of passed by to say hi to her. And the class was getting out and the owner of the studio was there. And he kind of, I think I caught his attention. He was like, look, when you come back to a couple of classes, I'll, you know, help me out, paint some walls, do some stuff, and I'll give you a few classes. And, you know, you, you do a class, you like it. Um, so then I thought a good offer. I, I, helped, I helped them out with a couple of things here and there. And I took a class. And uh, I think in that one 90-minute class, I felt things that all these pills that they're trying to give me and all the things they're trying to give me and all these boot camps and all these things I attended to um, from age of 13 to 15 were trying to do that they couldn't accomplish. Um, I guess a really, really back, really fast flashback. In, in this time of me being, you know, in trouble and whatnot, I was arrested a couple of times and I was in probation as a 14-year-old. Um, so right before I started doing yoga, they sent me to single hour bound where I lived uh, in a canoe with like eight other troubled kids in the Everglades for about a month. Um, and I learned like no trade skills and a bunch of other things. And um, while I was in this camp, because I had the choice of doing that or going to jail for 30 days. So my parents obviously sent me this camp. Um, while I was in this camp, my grandmother, who I was really close with and grew up with, um, she had passed away. And in, in the camp, in the middle of the night one time, I woke up and I could feel her energy and her spirit kind of saying bye to me and leaving. So the thought of like something spiritual was already in my head. Um, I was very religious towards Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism, where my background comes from. So I think I thought of yoga was a, an idea of like maybe being spiritual without having religion involved. Um, so flash forward to, you know, walking into that studio, I already had all these feelings pent up of my grandma passing away and that me not being present because I was arrested or I was in this camp and all this stuff. So yeah, I was a really angsty kid. I had a lot of anger and feelings out of me. I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger down. Um, and then that one class, I remember the first thing I, I, I felt was, um, and I felt guilt for the first time in my life as a 15-year-old. I felt remorse. Um, I felt disciplined. And I saw my future. And I saw the two options that I had that I could keep on going the path that I was going, being heavily medicated and confused and trying to find my way out of the hole I was in. Or maybe taking this path of, like, trying this crazy class and crazy way of exercise for a couple of times a week um, and feeling these feelings that I was feeling in a safe place where, you know, I could cry or I could, you know, do a posture and, and feel it out instead of having to dope myself up with drugs or, or pills or prescription medicine um, to numb that feeling because the process of it was so painful, you know? So yoga really, it, it was really amazing for me because it made me feel a bunch of things that I had never felt before um, in a safe area. You know, I felt safe in that room because nobody could touch me. Nobody could, you know, mess with me. Nobody could make fun of me. Um, in that room, I was with 20 other people most of the time. And even though we're all different ages and different colors and different sizes, in that room, in those 90 minutes, we're all equal. I know that maybe the person next to me wasn't going through a traumatic episode like I was earlier, but I could see that they were suffering in a way and they were challenged in a way that they had to go through that suffering and find a way to deal with it. And I think okay. that's the other thing that really brought me to the yoga. Sorry. So let's let's talk about that a little bit because you know you mentioned before <laughs> that you had this resistance to doing any form of exercise that was going to put you in a team or a kind of like community environment and yet when you got into the yoga room first of all you had this experience that was that transcended the physical you know you talked about how it brought up feelings and of course you walked into it with some um some feelings kind of in the oven already about uh, the spirituality and, and your grandmother's passing. 
but you you came out of that room feeling like the community aspect was actually a positive. That was an, an additional benefit on there. So what do you think it was about the experience of taking that first class that opened you up to feeling a collective energy? Do you, did it have to do with the 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 commiserating, you know, the suffering that everybody you saw on the faces of other people, or is it something else? I think part of that was that definitely that you know I felt that we we're all going through something together. Um, that's definitely I think that any human being um, going with a couple human beings to like a really intense situation, you kind of kind of come out of it feeling this feeling of like togetherness and brotherhood or sisterhood, you know, kind of like well, we survived that. You know? That was yeah. crazy, and you're alive, and I'm alive, and like you know, we're we did this together. Um, but I think it was also the fact that I think as a teenager, you know, every time I would lash out, I got this. Um, that was a way of getting attention, you know. Um, you know, being in there in rage and crying and in pain, and you know, people, somebody would run to me or you know, reprimand me or giving me attention and somehow acknowledge my pain. But when I was in that class, you know, I couldn't ask for help. I couldn't make a scene about the pain I was feeling. Um, and it kind of made me feel like, okay, maybe we all have these internal huge conflicts that we don't have to lash out all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like um, I was going through this intense thing with all the people in the room, and maybe they weren't feeling as intense as I was, but it was, it was okay. You know, it was like this non-said thing, but it was okay um, to feel that way. It, was, it just felt safe. Yeah. And, and, and oddly enough, you know, it really started making me human. Right. Yeah. And I can totally see how that feeds right into what you said your dharma was at the beginning of this conversation. You know, it it pulled you into a community by showing you that, okay, maybe my experience is not so much different from everyone else's as I thought. Exactly. Um, and it's funny because later on in life, I definitely, I, I had to go through that all over again with the yoga community. <laughs> Um, acceptance and, and looking a certain way and being part of it in a certain way. So it's, it's, it definitely changes as you go. You know, I think that the more aware you become, the more things you start noticing, you know, and the more you have to kind of stop connecting these things and just be okay with it. Totally. Yeah. So, so talk about that. I mean, you, you said that your experience of being in the yoga industry looks like and feels like a lot of things. And I know that you've kind of got the one side of you that's being the yoga teacher and pulling these communities together. And then you're also pursuing this, um, these dreams in the music industry. And uh, you've got this awesome band Bayside. How do you marry those two things? And how has that created conflict for you or, or not? Um, it's definitely, you know, we had the band on and off since we were pretty much 16. So they kind of, it's funny because yoga and the band kind of came together at the same time almost. Um, and I think it's mainly because the yoga made me a little more confident of uh, speaking out loud and, and kind of sharing myself and my energy with the public in a different way. Um, and if you know me, which, you know, a lot of people out there maybe listening to this kind of been, I've come across their path, you know, I'm very outgoing and I'm not scared of being loud <laughs> and being myself in public. Um, but definitely yoga got me to that, that way. Um, and it, it has been conflicting most of the times just because I think people are close to me, um, relationship wise and maybe my, my, my folks and mostly my dad, you know, they, they see our funny videos, so they see the shows. Um and they're like, how is how does this connect one thing to another? You know, and it's like 
um, you know, because we do say some funny things in the songs and whatnot. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like we're entertainers and we're trying to get a message through in a different way. Um, therefore, I, if you see one of my videos, we made a song called Rich Healthy Girls. And I think that's one of the, the songs that I wanted to put in there in the band as a, a reminder to people that, like, you know, you don't have to be super wealthy to be healthy. Um, and, and if you listen to the song, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, it is conflicting sometimes. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I remember and I remind myself that, um, you know, if if I feel a little conflicted by it or if I feel like they don't go along, you know, I have to remember that there's things in life that don't really make sense um, that we put faith on, you know, that we use every day and that we trust every day. So uh, I think that my music career um, has a lot to do. It's, it's, it's here, thankfully, because of my yoga, that it makes me strong enough and a strong enough woman to go out there and write these songs and sing them out loud to big crowds. Um, and I think that, you know, even though sometimes the lyrics might sound contradicting to some things here and there, um, that if you really listen to them and really break it down, you know, you understand that it is about being free and, um, you know, loving yourself the way that you are. And that's, I think that's the biggest message of yoga, you know, um, find the freedom in your body to be who you are. You know, we're not linear uh, bodies, you know, are, we're very circular, you know, our joints are very sphery like um, you know, we, the way we move, it's in, in different spheres and dimensions. So sometimes we put ourselves in linear ways and I think it's a challenge of yoga, you know, try to make things linear in a, in a, in a body that moves more than one line. And being in a certain pose for a really long time and trying to make your, your body fit, fit in it, you know, um, in the right way instead of jamming the posture in your body. So I think that, you know, if you look at it in both ways, um, you know, the way yeah, that totally. I mean, yoga I think expands. Even, yeah, you know, the yoga. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, even to try to like neatly wrap up, you know, your two quote unquote opposing identities into one cohesive narrative is is exactly what you're talking about. You know, life isn't always as clean as that, but even the reminder of, of those two opposing, like I said, a quote unquote opposing identities, even the lesson of having those two there is a part of the lesson of yoga. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we think about it, you know, like, uh, you know, in, the, in, the, in Hinduism, you look at all the gods, you know, I, I think I said a joke to the day. I had like a rough time and I was like, she was messing with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's like, if you look at it, you know, there's the, the destruction after destruction comes transformation. And, you know, so it's just like, oh, it's all part of it, you know, and then and, and you accept it and you see it as like togetherness, you know, um, it becomes easier to, to live with it and, and enjoy it in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that Kato Loka, the rapper and, you know, Kara Yoga, the, the yoga instructor, Kara Carolina, the yoga instructor, <laughs> Um, they both help each other a lot, you know, and definitely sometimes even the business aspect of yoga, when I'm a little shy to talk about business with somebody or, or, or go for something, you know, that I want to go to, um, you know, the, the rapper in me kind of pops out and it's like, yo, you know, step up. It's all good. You got this. Um, yeah. And it's done, you know, it gives me a little confidence. So I think that at the beginning it was very clashing, but I think now I come to a point where um, I see it as, as togetherness. And the funny thing is like every time I have a show, I usually take, um, my friend with me to take class or we do a little yoga at the house. Um, so little by little doesn't come this thing where like, you know, I have my homies kind of stretching and doing these things before I have shows. So little by little, I'm taking them to yoga. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're it's still there. 
by fully integrating your yourself and not trying to compartmentalize, it actually is introducing some new perspectives on both sides. You know, you're like showing this music to your yoga friends and you're showing the yoga to your music friends. And, and then it brings that, it, it weaves that, that common thread through and that's beneficial to everyone. Definitely. I definitely agree. I mean, even I remember when I opened the studio um, at the time, it was a big run franchise and this guy Balwan was kind of dealing with all the people applying for it and whatnot. And uh, Balwan's a great dude. And uh, when we were talking about the franchise, he told me, he's like, hey, so what are you going to do to stay humble? You know, as a yoga teacher slash studio owner. And I always thought it was a very funny question. I really, like, I was like, I wasn't expecting him to ask me that. Um, it was kind of random. And uh, the first thing I thought was basically I was a rep, you know, the rep group. I was just, you know, this is my way of not, you know, drowning myself completely um, in this thing that I love to perform. It might be, it might transport to something negative, you know? So I think that base, I definitely balanced me out. You know, I have the yoga and I love it and I go with it and it's my, my life and it's my calling. Um, but then I have the, the, you know, the music has to kind of even it out. So I have a little breather from it and I get time to miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, kind of keeps you grounded and, and keeps you connected to your roots too. So you don't get totally lost yeah, in, the, in, the, in the yoga path. Exactly. I think that, um, you know, since I've been doing this, I was so young, definitely I've come across a couple of times in my life where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, or like, I'm, you know, am I doing, am I doing this the right way? Am I approaching this the right, the right angle? Um, you know, when I went to, before I went to training, um, because I went through a lot of things when I was younger, by the time I was 18, I completely sobered up, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even drink coffee or sugar at the time. So I was like, I was on a really strict diet for two years before going to yoga training because I wanted to be like in my highest cleanses form to intake all this yoga and all these teachings and all this learning and all this knowledge I couldn't get in college. Um, so I think it really, it really made me feel isolated from people my age for a really long time, you know, cause I wasn't really, I didn't want to go out late and I didn't want to drink or do drugs to have a good time. And um, even when I went out and didn't do that, you know, people were always approaching me like, Hey, you're not drinking. Like, how come you're not drinking? Like, what's, what's the deal? And it's, it always became like a thing of like, you know, I guess I'm going to tell her about straight edge. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's just, you know, I don't have a problem with drinking. I just, you know, I'm trying to get my body, my, my, my mental health to a different level. So I'm not tapping into that right now. Um, and, you know, as an 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old, you know, I didn't drink against all 23. Um, it was, it was very lonely, you know, in, in the practice because I felt really alone. And this is where I kind of became, I had a little conflict in the yoga world um, because that's when I, when I was 21, I went to yoga training and it was awesome and I was really pumped about it. And um, I wanted to start working right away. Um, and I, and then started, I wanted to do, you know, workshops and seminars and teach as much as I could. And I found myself in a place where, um, you know, I felt like I was getting certain jobs or people weren't taking seriously because of the way that I looked because I had tattoos all over my body, because, um, you know, I dressed a different kind of punky way because my hair was maybe not as, you know, um, basic or, or, you know, like in the norm of everybody else. And this is early, this is 2010, you know, um, 2009, 2010. So like, I think that pink hair and all the stuff and being queer and all those other things weren't as accepted and open as they were right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I, you know, at, at one point I started really, you know, really getting to me like, oh man, is it the way that it looked? It's, you know, getting me my, my jobs. Um, I was in San Diego at the time trying to work at certain places and it, it was tight being a teacher in San Diego. So I moved back to Miami. Um, I had kind of the same issue. 
uh, and then I found a studio that was closed and then just opened. Um, it was nearby where I lived and I wanted a new teacher. So I started working there full time. Um, and then I kind of changed my look a little bit, you know, to coordinate. I remember I went to like Lululemon. I bought like a nice expensive, like Lululemon outfit. <laughs> You're like, let me, let me try to play the part my head. Let me, let me look like exactly, a Exactly, straight up. I was like, let me, yeah, let me look like a yoga teacher, you know? Um, and I remember somebody said that to me one time and I was like, ouch, you know, like I don't look like this look, which is funny because to me, you know, my dad's an engineer and all my cousins are doctors and lawyers and I was kind of like the black sheep of the family. Um, and in my head, I was like, this is so funny. Like, you know, even I can't get away from this, like norm of having to be a certain way. Um, I think mostly as, as a queer woman that was a little bit um, androgynous, it's always been hard for me to just feel comfortable in, situa in public situations. Um, I think I told you this one time we were hanging out, you know, up to recently, it was really hard for me to go to public bathrooms because every time I go to the bathroom, somebody would stop me and tell me I was going to the wrong bathroom, you know, like, sure. And I was like, okay, I'm a lady. Um, and I noticed within time I started pumping my chest more forward or I put my hat off or, you know, try to look a little more feminist, uh, feminine as, as I was walking to a public restroom so I didn't get stopped. Um, and now the way that things are with, you know, non-binary things being out there um, and the acceptance of the queer culture kind of becoming a little more real, I don't get stopped as much, you know, but um, there's definitely some fear that I started having when I started working as a yoga teacher and like, do I look departed? Uh, you know, am I going to be okay because I look this way? And at the time, my girlfriend was also a yoga teacher, so we were looking for jobs together. And I remember one time um, applying for this one place, um, we, we were holding hands on the way out and a, a student said like a rough comment. Um, and, you know, when we came back to work, the owner was like, hey, do you guys mind like not holding hands and stuff like that in front of the customers? And I was like, this is so odd. Like, this is, this is a yoga community. I never thought that, you know, I'd be you yeah. put in this position um it's really and, you know, then I, was, I felt really angry yeah i felt really angry at the time because i was like look i don't and this is my saying i was like just because i don't have dready armpits you know and like long dready hair that i wear poofy <laughs> pants you know doesn't doesn't make me you know not a yoga teacher you know sorry that i like to wear like you know tight jeans and and biker boots and you know i don't know like you know loose vintage shirts and i spike up my hair and i dye it sometimes you know um and i listen to you know, sometimes I'm into like crazy music when I do yoga and it's, you know, it's not the norm, um, but I didn't, I didn't know if it was yoga norm. I thought yoga was everything and that's why it attracted it to me. Um, so I, I had a hard time kind of dealing with that for a little bit. And then, you know, we go fast forward to 2014. I decided to open my own yoga studio. Um, I felt like in Miami, the studios that were around me weren't providing enough um, Besides just the classes, you know, I didn't want to just to teach as a teacher. I wanted to like build a community. I want to be part of the community. You know, I wanted to run the studio someday. I wanted to compete in the USA competitions. I wanted to meet all the people and, you know, I want to drink all the Kool-Aid. I want to, I want to be in, you know. Um, well, did, did so, your, um, your conflict around having to fit a certain mold as a yoga student or teacher play a role in your decision to open up a new community or is it more about, you definitely. know? Definitely. Okay, yeah. it, it definitely did. That was definitely a big part of it. I think that was about, I would say like maybe like 35, 40% part of it. Um, you know, I was tired of just kind of like biting my tongue and, and, you know, I just felt, it, was, it just felt weird. I just felt uncomfortable. You know, I, I yeah. never felt like, like I was fully taking deep breaths. You know, I felt like I was holding 30% of the air in my lungs all day, just in case I was, you know, the room out of air had a little bit more in my lungs to breathe. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Totally. So, yeah. Uh, Feeling choked you know, I was just like, Oh, and every, yeah, and I realized um, that it wasn't their fault. You know, I was like, you know what, I'm asking for too much to ask from all these people that, you know, kind of come from a different time and 
a different maybe lineage and different teachings. Um, you know, I, I feel like maybe I'm just asking for too much too fast. And it's not my business. You know, I'm not the owner. I'm not the investor. I didn't put the money down. I didn't, you know, go through the, the pains of opening a place. Uh, you know, I'm just here demanding all these things. So I think as a millennial, a lot of us um, are very, um, feel like we're, you know, we need these things right away. And we're like, you know, we're, uh, I can't put my word in the name. Entitled. entitled. There you go. We're very entitled of things. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't want to feel that way. And I wasn't trying to give that vibe out that I was entitled of, of more and whatnot. So, right. It's to one thing to like, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, as a yoga teacher, you're supposed to be inclusive and you're supposed to be all welcoming, but it's their business, you know, and, and they have to be, they have to watch out for their own yeah. too, or else their community that they've built up it's, goes it's, away. Exactly. So they got to be protective too, even if that yeah, sometimes manifests as fear. Exactly. And I, and I totally understood that, you know, it came to my attention that it was like, you know, maybe they have a lot of customers that are very old school, you know, and yes, they may say two women working together as a couple is a lot for them to handle. And, you know, in my eyes, I was like, well, if this is my studio, this would never happen because even if my studios, if my, my students had that view, I think that through the yoga, I'd be able to change their mind um, on two women being together or whatever made them uncomfortable about that, you know? So I realized I was like, you know, it's just not my place. It's just not my place. Um, and I, I approached my dad about it, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I really want to open a place. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure how to do this business thing. <laughs> you're a business guy, can you help me out? And he was a little, you know, he was like, you know, I know you really love this and you really like to do this. So, you know, let's talk about this thing about it. Um, I was kind of bumped out. I didn't get a yes right away from my dad because, again, I'm a millennial, so I feel entitled. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I remember that night, my friend, my best friend, Linda, who's actually the band with me, was in town in Miami. And one of her friends opened a new art studio. And he was like, let's go check it out. We'll get your mind off things. We'll talk to Emmett. Um, maybe see some cool furniture. And I was like, cool. So we went to this warehouse. And I met this guy, Joey, there by coincidence. And he just, out of nowhere, just asked me, like, hey, man, so, you know, we just met, we we're talking. He's like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what is it, you know, like, what is, what's your calling? And I talked about the yoga studio in um, the area where I want to open the studio. And he tells me, hey, you know, my dad's friend um, fixes cars. He's a Porsche guy. He fixes Porsches and, like, really nice cars. Now a bunch of warehouses in South Miami, the area that I mentioned. Why don't we, um, why do you give him a call? You know, go give him a call, check it out. Um, and it's funny because I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. Um, and I called the place and I met the guy and he happened to have a kid. It was, it was my age and I guess he's not as willing and has to thrive as I do. So he was kind of like, look, I want to give you a chance. I know you're young and, you know, I, I don't want to have more mechanic things in here. I want to have them more steady for a long time. Um, so, you know, bring me your, your, your business, uh, you know, partner and we'll talk and, Next thing you know, you know, I'm, I'm convincing my dad of how much we need this and the lease is signed and the studio's on his way. And uh, now we've been open for four years and we've built a beautiful community um, where I think that everybody feels safe to come and practice. Um, we've hosted a couple of queer events in there and raised a couple of money for um, queer nonprofit organizations. And uh, I'm very happy to, you know, to, to own the studio that looks completely different as all the studios in Miami. I think it's the first reaction we get from folks to come in that, different vibe and a different look um we definitely try to we strive for community you know and we try to um to keep your students um in the loop of everything that's going on so they feel like it's their second home um you know and with that i've been approached a lot of times and from you know people who have a little more capital in miami like hey you should open a second franchise we should you know 
popping you know, like three more studios in Miami and all the stuff up and down. And my answer is always like, you know, quality control. You know, I'm not, I'm not into the business for the fast growth of it, you know, and, and if, if you work in the yoga industry, you know that money comes within time. <laughs> it's just because you love it, not because you're trying to get super bazillionaire out of it. So my biggest thing is quality control. You know, I want to be able to, to, to control the quality of my product, which is the yoga that I offer and the people that work with me um, and the people to keep the place open and keep it running. So, um, you know, that's the biggest thing about, you know, being a young studio owner that really comes into a conflict in my life every day. It's like, you know, where do I stand? Um, because I'm not only just a 29 year old now, I opened the studio when I was 25, uh, 24, but I'm also a person that wants to, you know, change a community for the best. Um, so how do I class these two things and how do I keep on, you know, growing as a person, as a yoga student, as a yoga teacher, and as a community member, you know, with all these things together. And I think that, um, I feel really blessed and lucky that, um, yoga is giving me that, you know, the awareness of, and the awareness of the tool of connecting myself with other people that have maybe come from completely different parts of life than me, um, that maybe the sound of the street, they would never talk to me or approach me. And because of the studio and because of the yoga, you know, we're friends and we talk and you know now they're open to talking to random people in the street that might look like me mm-hmm. and that's my biggest thing you know that maybe a couple of people out there you know met me in my yoga outfit when it, you know i teach hot yoga and the studio is hot even though we have, we have vinyasa and um you won't ever try a stronger primary one in a heated room come come my way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. you know, i mean no, we have a bunch of different styles of yoga now you know the studio is always hot so i'm basically always working in a bikini and it's funny because people see me at work and, you know, they're like, that's a woman. Um, and the minute I'm out of, out of teaching clothes, you know, I'm in my sweatpants and my baggy shirt, you know, it's like, whoa, she looks really like, a, you know, like androgynous or a boy. And it's like, and like little by little, you, you know, I have a lot of guys. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. And then it's like, they, they, um, they definitely change their mind of a perspective of what a woman looks like, you know, like a woman looks like a lot of things, just like a man looks like a lot of things, just like yoga looks like a lot of things. You know, nothing has a spirit look to it. And I think that's one of the biggest messages that I've been giving out um, in my teachings, in my community, you know. And I think that you've been to our studio, you know, our, our students are very awesome, beautiful people. They're very accepting and giving. Um, and you can see that in them. You know, they're, they're open to new things, you know. And I think that's, like, that's why in every class that I end, I always say this, to share the yoga with their actions, reactions, and their interactions. Because, you know, if I can do a handstand and hold it for an hour, that's great. But if I'm out of that handstand being, you know, kind of an asshole to people and judging people and, you know, being prejudiced and whatnot, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Like, good for you. <laughs> you can do a handstand. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, there exactly. are a lot of different. You know, can you be kind? There are a bunch of different directions I, I could go from what you just said. Um, it's very, like, rich commentary there. Um but I'm going to go with this one. You, you talked about um, yoga looks like a lot of different things. And I know that you feel that in your heart because of your own experience with the practice. But I also know um, from, you know, hanging out with you and talking about some of the other things that you're doing outside of the studio that you are bringing yoga to some very underserved populations that have felt like they have not had an outlet or an opportunity really to practice yoga. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, totally. Um, well, I mean, that, that comes in the varieties. I recently did, did a, a class for No Barriers, which is a really awesome organization that deals with people 
with uh, physical and mental or any type of barriers in their life. Um, so I got to teach uh, a good amount of people with, um, you know, disabilities, meaning that they had, you know, maybe um, a lot of amputees, uh, people that, you know, came from um, veterans and whatnot. They came from, you know, the hard parts of life and they have prosthetic limbs and whatnot. And it was just awesome that, um, you know, uh, they've never, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to be as PC as I can right now, but one student I had, you know, she didn't have um, limbs from her elbow up. And we were doing a little bit of sun salutations. And, you know, I was just really comfortable with her. I was like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. And I, you know, stretch your, you know, your elbows up. And she looked at me, she was like, I don't have elbows. And I was like, well, you know, you don't have elbows, but the rest from your shoulder up, you know, from until the tip of what you have, stretch it up. And she looked at me, she was like, oh, my God, I'm stretching my ribs. I'm moving my body, you know. Um, and I had a really awesome time with a lot of people in that class. You know, we did a lot of adjustments and modifications. And, you know, everybody was really happy. But what really got to me is that every time I asked these, you know, these students, like, hey, how come you don't try yoga um, at home or where you're from? You know, they always felt like, you know, it's just, I feel like teacher doesn't know kind of what to do with me or I'm not approachable, um, you know, or it's really expensive. And I feel like I, I'd be wasting my money because I just bring the background kind of like trying to go along with it, you know, because I don't have most of my limbs or I can't stand or, you know, I have this or that. So for me, being able to, to go and kind of like show them that the, the yoga, it's more than just, you know, they can, they can sit down and do different things. I mean, there's plushes we can do, different meditations we can do, different offerings we can do, not just the norm that what I see in TV or what they see in books. Um, and it really opened their mind. And it was really awesome. And I really enjoyed that. But um, that's one of the, the categories in the realm of opening yoga to people who don't have it accessible is that I like, um, that I've, been, I've, I've done. But the other realm was also, we had a, um, this nonprofit called uh, a Smash in Miami, who they're trying to build a um, homeless shelter for queer uh, youth. And there's also a re rehabilitation center. So these homeless uh, youth can rehabilitate themselves into school or programs to become active members of the community. Um, and it has also uh, low-income housing for these people after they move from the program. It's a really awesome organization. Um, so we had like, I would say like maybe 15, 20 people um, who, you know, work the streets um, and maybe do a lot of, um, you know, illegal sex work and other stuff like that because they're transgender um, and they can't afford their medicine and their hormones, you know, to, be, to, to feel comfortable in their own body. So we have this class um, free for them to come and try it out, um, yoga in a safe spot, because a lot of them feel like they don't want to be called her or him. Uh, you know, they go by a neutral pronouns. So for all of them to come um, and for they to be in the class and try yoga in a, you know, a neutral zone where it's just about your body moving, no matter how your body felt or how you felt your body fit in for you. Um, it was awesome because I think a lot of them do um, go to dark places in life because they don't feel like they can fit in in their own bodies or in society, you know. So it was awesome, you know, I've, and, and, and it's funny because after they came to that class, I was like, look, you can get here, you can show up to class, is on me. Um, and I've had a good amount of them come back, which is great. But, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just about love, man. You know, it's, uh, I see sometimes, you know, all this sadness and, and, and hate and confusion out there, you know, and it's just like, if they can just come to one class where they feel loved and feel safe, I know it's a big change. And that's, that's all I want to do. I just want what yoga did for me, I want to be able to do that for everybody else. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I don't, maybe you don't even see this from 
from your own perspective because you're so close to it. But sometimes it takes, you know, an outside perspective to to put pieces together. I think for, you know, those those amputees or the people with um, who don't identify with the bodies that they're practicing inside of, I think you are uniquely positioned to be able to help those people because you're so candid about it because you've had the same experience. You know, you felt like I don't, people don't accept the way that I want to present myself here and they think that I don't belong. So you already know what it means to just get over it, you know, like be there, be in yourself. And it's not a big deal that you have a different experience or a different set of conditions to work through. It's like, no, just, just move your body. Like just reach your not elbow up and you can still feel something and you can still get inside. What an amazing, amazing um, gift that you gave those people. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Uh, thanks for saying that. It really, it means a lot, you know. It's, it's a, I think uh, when you're in the other, when you're behind the register, you know, you don't get passed in the back as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, let me give you a chance to um, pump out some stuff that you've got go- coming up down the pike. Uh, I know you have a few training yeah. coming up at, at your studio. You want to talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's part of it. Well, we wanted to hold your training is because we definitely want to grow the community. Um, so we had two amazing teachers um, and community leaders coming to the studio to do two trainings. Um, I'm also really pumped that they're both women. Uh, as a women business owner, I'm always trying to pump more women up there. Um, and, you know, I feel like the yoga industry, um, even though it's, a, it's, it's equal for everybody, I feel like we need more women out there coming on top. So we have Erin Erin Rose Vaughn. She is amazing. Um, you might know her by, um, I think, Erin uh, Rose, right? on Instagram and uh, uh, study of self yoga training. I know her as Erin, but yeah, she goes by Rose Erin Vaughn sometimes. There you go. Yeah, I don't remember Erin as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you can check her out if you haven't already on episode number uh, two of Dharma Talk. She was one of the very first episodes. And I was like, she was an awesome episode. I think that was one of the the, the hooks that I got. And I was like, I need this lady. Um. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she's amazing. She's doing a 50-hour uh, yoga teacher training. That, uh, the 50 hours go towards a 200-hour training she's doing as well later on. Uh, it's a five-day intensive, December 1st to the 5th, um, in her awesome humble studio, Miami, Florida. Um, if you want more information, check us out online, originalhotyoga305.com. Um, I know they probably have a link after this podcast. But, uh, yeah, we, we help with accommodations and whatnot. And we also have Gianna coming to do a uh, Mahahatha a 200 hour training February at the studio. So John is also very amazing. She's also a very empowering um, leader of the yoga community. I think for women and the career community as well. That's why I really uh, love her as much as I do. She is awesome. And she talks for a lot of people out there don't have a voice. So um, we have a lot of info online on these two trainings and we still have a couple of spots open. So I would love to have you at the studio. I would love to meet you. I would love to be part of your community. So yeah, if you guys want to check it out, do give us an email, shoot us up, let us, let us know what we can do. Nice. Yeah. And also Gianna was a guest on this show some time ago too, episode number five. So check those out if you want to get to know those people a little bit more, hear from them um, to get a feel for what kind of things they can teach you. Uh, Carolina, apart from getting your message out on this podcast, what are you doing today to live your Dharma? 
definitely doing a lot of that today. Um, we'll have a, I'm, have a couple classes uh, to do tonight, have all a couple clients to see tonight. But um, I think that that's a question that uh, it's very spontaneous because I think that the minute I step out of the house, when I, you know, go get a juice or stop at a gas station, um, every inch of my life, I try to be aware of how I can I connect and be aware of the people around me. Whether somebody, you know, um, they needs the door to be open, I can open it for them, you know, say good morning. Um, and with that good morning, I send them good vibes my way and their way, you know. So it's it's a it's an interesting question, but I think that uh, it's one of those things that as you live and as you go, you kind of have to put it into um, into work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use every single opportunity to create that connection and create that community. Definitely, uh, I think that sometimes even like when it comes, I think the best example of something to homeless people. Um, you know, Miami, we kind of have a little bit of a, of a homeless people issue, um, the downtown area. Um, and I think that this is, there's a couple of dudes that are always by my house, like by the highway they get off from my house. And uh, whenever I have food in the car or leftover, you know, I always have water bottles in the car from the studio. I always pull up and I give them that. Um, most of the times I have like uh, lost and found stuff. Sorry guys, you don't pick it up in 30 days. I give it away. <laughs> I have it in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yoga mats, you know, like man, they have to something to sleep on, you know? So even some, even if you can't give them something, even if I can give them a, a treat or a quarter or whatever, just talking to them, man, just saying good morning. And I hope you have a blessed day. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's changing their day. You know, and just like any, we're so behind our phones all the time. And it's just like, I love human interaction. You know, I love giving phone calls. I love having face-to-face conversations. So anytime that I have a time, uh, uh, the opportunity to connect with another human being in a real way, um, I definitely go for it. And I think that's, that's the, what sparks the Dharma in my life, you know? Right on. Yeah. And who knows if you give them enough um, lost and found yoga clothes, maybe they'll turn up to one of your community classes one of these days. Definitely. You'll, you're definitely going to see around Winwood a couple of homeless people wearing some aloe yoga tights. <laughs> and uh, probably maybe, I think maybe one of them is sleeping in a nice life format, but hey, you know, it's, it's a thick mat, it's durable. That's a great mat. It was mat. hard to give it away, but he needed it more than I did. Yeah. yeah I mean, definitely a lot of uh, water bottles out there. Uh, you know, like hydro flasks (laughs) that I've been giving out. (laughs) But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Carolina, let's move on to the final section of this interview, what I call the prana round. I'm going to ask you six rapid fire questions. I know you're a listener of the show, so you probably know what's coming, but please answer in minimum one word, maximum one sentence. Ready to go? Okay, ready. Okay. (laughs) In one word, why do you practice yoga? Hot. Hot. Okay. What's your favorite yeah. yoga pose and why? Oh, because it's a struggle. It's like a relationship. I can't live without it. I, sometimes like I can't live with it. <laughs> what, what is the single best cue or piece of advice you've ever received from a teacher? <laughs> Breathe. Recommend one book, either modern or ancient, for our listeners. Hmm. That's a good one. A book. Um, okay, I think a really basic book that I think I... I Siddhartha. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't had that one recommended yet. Uh, okay, next question. Is I think yoga... that I, I read it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you, you go ahead. <laughs> 
I think I always think about that one scene when he's like challenged himself, you know, like as a, as like a spiritual person and like liking this lady, you know, and it's like, I feel like it's very relatable to my life all the time. You know, like I'm just, I want to live this yoga life, but I'm also this human being in the world. So uh-huh. how do I combine those two things? Right on. This is the story of, uh, of the Buddha. Yeah. Okay. Is yoga for everyone? Yes. Last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you in your Dharma? You can uh, hit me up at Carolina, like the state, <laughs> my name, Carolina at original hot yoga, zero com. And if you're ever in Miami, if you give me an email ahead of time, I would love to complimentary give you a class so you can come try the studio and try any of the classes you like. Um, and how can you help me? My Dharma is by being your yoga outside your mat and by sharing the beautifulness of every day and practice with your actions, your reactions and your interactions. And maybe when that person cuts you off, you don't get angry and react by the way, but maybe you think about, Hey, you know, maybe they're having a tough time and wherever they're going, I hope they get there safe and on time. You know, maybe if somebody cuts your line in the deli, you know, you just, start a conversation with them and we get a new friend instead of being aggressive you know so just help me out by you know living your yoga and your actions reactions and interactions please i love it be mindful of your actions reactions and interactions carolina thank you for taking the time to share your dharma and, and hang with me today on dharma talk podcast thank you so much um, have a great beautiful rest of your day you too henry to everybody keep it real if you got something out of this episode if you like dharma talk and want to keep it going please do me a huge favor and subscribe rate and review on itunes i know it's not the most convenient thing to do but it makes all the difference in getting the show out there and more visible to other people who can benefit from it And hey, if you've got feedback or ideas or you want to get in touch with me, you can do that on Instagram at Henry Wins. Otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. And until then, keep living your dharma.